You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad. And in 1907, during this week, the Playboy of the Western World was staged in the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. And that sounds nothing kind of serious. It's just a play being staged in the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. But for some strange reason, on the 27th of January, 1907, there were riots in Dublin. And the riots were as a direct result of the staging of the Playboy of the Western World. And I figured if there was anybody out there who would be able to educate me as to why this might have happened, it would have been John P. Kelly. And John P. is here with me. And John, thanks a million for coming along. First of all, before we talk about the riots themselves, the play and the, the story of the Playboy of the Western World. Well, I think... From listening to what you just said there, Austin, and by the way, thank you for talking to me. I adore talking to you and to all the people listening. Um, I think it's very easy in that 100 years or so, 120, whatever number of years or so, is to just to get into your mind just how different a world there was, how completely different it, it must have been. And... If you, you know, it's all very well to look at Downton Abbey and look at the, um, uh, oh, at the moment now there's a thing called Bridgerton on, which is set in the early 19th century. And his, but people were just, had to be totally different than we are now. They had a different attitude, a different way of looking at life. And certainly theatre can't have been the way theatre is now. And I, and I found myself trying to think, what can there be in our life now that, mo- that might have been the same thing to people in 1907? And I find myself thinking of the internet and, um, uh, in fact, what we're doing right now. Um, but even something that's, that's bigger than that, um, uh, something that's bigger in their lives than that. I mean, maybe, would, be, would I be going so far as to say religion? in the sense of something that's the centre of people's lives. And theatre at that time must have been like that. So that, um, and, and people did go. There were, you know, the, the houses were full and the, we weren't in a situation where, you know, I think it was Michael, Mac, not Michael McLean, or Hilton Edwards on the Late Late Show many, many years ago, probably in the 1970s, when I heard the man say, um, about 4% of the population of any country ever darkened the doors of a theatre. And, and, and it wasn't like that way back then. So what happened in theatre was actually crucial and important to people. And then you asked me about the play. Well, the play, the play by the Western world now, when we look at it, we look at it as a, uh, almost, well, a sort of a tragic comedy, lots and lots of fun, laughing a bit at people of the West of Ireland, and they have this lovely, lilty way of talking, and they have a lilty way of looking at life, and it's all very soft and, and funny. But in those days, it wasn't the same. It was big. And as we know, and I know we don't particularly want to talk about it today, maybe we will again, it was only, what, 19 years later, there was another riot when uh, a Sean O'Casey play went on, The Plough and the Stars. And, um, you, you, again, you just we are not capable of appreciating what theatre must have done to people in those days. And certainly, uh, Playboy the Western World, in the middle of the play, um, they mention a lady's underwear. 
Oh. Now the word they use, the word they use is shift. A lady shift. Now, I mean, we can say shift, 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 yeah. shift, 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 and we don't bat an eyelid. But in those days, think of the sort of people for whom the word shift was, okay, again, let me take it, for those listening now in Canada, uh, anybody listening in Quebec, there are words from, uh, from, the, from the Catholic faith which are used as swear words. Now, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. them out here, because, again, we have listeners in Quebec, and it would be wrong. Mm-hmm. But for us who are not in Quebec, they're just absolutely not only the nothing words. They're words that we reverence, but we wouldn't think if somebody said it. Mm-hmm. But you have to think of the word shift in 1907 as being similar and worse than somebody using those religious words in Quebec now. And so, John, so, John, if I can try to put us in that frame of mind, because we are talking, this happened on the 27th of January, and just last week, we saw riots in the U.S. Capitol. And, you know, in modern history, we can see that those riots were the culmination of a, a period of information being fed and we were able to sit and and witness this so if we now go back to 1907 and say that a riot just doesn't happen it's something again that is a culmination and I hear what you're saying about shift being in there but it just doesn't happen well the, the um, I'm, I'm you're, you're, you're going down dark alleyways here, you know, <laughs> in, the, in the sense that um, what happened two weeks ago, history is too short on that for us to know quite yet yep. what exactly it was. And we can look back at 1907, and if we try to apply the same thing, what was happening, and that, that could start that. I don't know, Austin, but yes, it, 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 I'm not sure if it's, if it's fair to say that anything did. I mean, this started in the theatre, and and um, it, it 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 wasn't just that word. The the the, the image painted of was a very uh, savage Irish race at a time, I suppose, one could say when 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 the Irish race was starting to really develop itself through a literary movement and to a nationalist movement and through a movement moving towards independence, perhaps, to be interrupted, of course, by a great world war. Um, but all of those things were happening then. So one can argue that, that it reflected um, the mood of the people rather than the people reflecting the mood of what they were seeing on a stage. But I'm afraid you, you may have to get someone else to talk to you a bit on this one. Also. Okay. So I'm then let's, let's go the back. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's go back to 1907. Did, yeah. did the riot happen on, on opening night? Like yeah. it, was, well, it was on opening night, the riot. Uh, the, so... On opening night, as you know, the people go to the theatre, and as you say, only 4% might ever go to theatre. So it wasn't the, um, the, working, what, the working class people of Dublin. It would have been the upper class who would have been going to the Abbey. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to 
I put it in context again that those who would I be going yeah mm-hmm. go on ahead you know no it's just that I, I start to think uh, again and I have to come back to what I'm saying is that it's impossible for us to put ourselves in the, the humanity the sort of thing it was like to be a, a person in 1907 in Dublin or Galway or, or Toronto or Ottawa it was just different and we can't really 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 appreciate what it's like now I don't know what opening nights were like in the Abbey in 1907 um, I don't know if it was the posh people were invited or, or whether it was the, the Dublin uh, as you say working class people who came, went along to the Abbey um, but I think more likely you're right it would have been the, the more the invited upper class who would have been there and uh, yes, they they might have been the ones who you know we have a tendency to always object on behalf of others rather than on behalf of ourselves, you know that sense of it. I know again I'm coming back around just for a second to 19 years later when the the big the bigger even bigger fights started over the plow of the stars and just remarking that you know there are many people including myself who believe it was set up as a riot, right by the Abbey. As a publicity stunt. Now, I never heard that suggested about 1907, but I wouldn't put a pass on. <laughs> of course, that is grand theatre. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the marvellous line is that's true is that uh, when in, in 26, when Yates went out on stage and said, You have disgraced yourselves again to the people, referring back to 1907 um, when he said that. But of course, it was that, that, that. That line was all over the papers the following day. Uh, the problem is that he said the line when it was too late for the deadline for the newspapers. So, would it be reasonable to assume, or, or is, was it a case that the author, John Millington Singh, was in the theatre on opening night, or, and that there would have been other dignitaries there? Yeah. I think that's, I think, I think that's fairly... Um, Fair to say he would and was. The poor man died within two years after it. Um, it didn't kill him, but uh, it, it can't have been... Well, did he enjoy it or not? Everybody knew about his play. We're still talking about it. Which, in a way, goes to times there's no such thing as bad publicity on some things. <laughs> well, except an obituary. But, um, I, you know, you ask yourself straight there, Austin, straight away, uh, was, was he there in the theatre? And I come back and I say, really, would we still be talking about the Plough on the Stars, or about the Playboy of the Western World now, were it not for a riot on the opening night? You know that it continued to New York. You do know that. The, the, the player the, the, or the, the riot? The Playboy, the, the, the Playboy of the Western World was taken by the Abbey to New York. Okay. Not, long, not so long after that. And there were a lot of objections about it going to New York. So, so the author, John Millington Singh, tidied up the play and he took out the offensive lines for the trip to New York. Now, guess what happened? There was a riot without the offensive lines in right. New York. Now, that's true. Right. And, you, and, and, you, and then you come back to where I am, is what's the point of a riot? You know, 
um, we're talking about what happened two weeks ago, and we will be talking about it in, uh, they will be talking about it a hundred years, I'm not likely to be around, they'll be talking about it, you know, and they'll talk about it more than they talked about this morning's uh, Joe, uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. That will be remembered, the riot will be remembered. And I, you, you, you mentioned that, and I know you um, directed outside Mullingar, and speaking of outside Mullingar, it has been in controversy because of how um, it, the Irish accent is being interpreted. And um, I'm bringing that to tie it in with the Playboy because, in a way, you know, there has been a, a reaction uh, that would say this uh, seriously uh, depicts the Irish in nearly in the terms that people perceived the Playboy was depicting some of the people in the west of Ireland in the Playboy. But I don't, I don't see anybody <laughs> grabbing implements to go into riot gear or anything. Um, even though on Irish radio the reaction was nearly equivalent. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well, I'd say it was. I haven't been listening to Irish radio recently, but I'd say so. You know, it's the, the, the language, the beautiful language of the of uh, the Playboy of the Western World. I don't think it was ever spoken, you know, uh, uh, with that poetry. That's beautiful. That, that's what makes it, that makes it sure beauty to, to listen to. As, as um, uh, Martin McDonagh's writing, you know, you take Martin McDonagh's modern plays now, um, th- no, nobody talks like that. But then when you take Shakespeare, nobody spoke like that either. Right. When you take Moliere in French, nobody spoke like that. That's what makes it art, is that the, you can get the, 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 the center of the soul of people and you can twist and bend and create beauty in the language. And, and uh, Singh's dialogue is just absolutely beautiful, right through his very short body of work, of course. You know, the man only had about five plays before he died. Of course, it reminds me of that probably the, here I, you know me, I go from all over the place, from one line to another line. I should be a politician because I never answer a question. Um, but it does remind me that, um, uh, Probably one of the greatest writers of theatre of all time, um, um, Chekhov, wrote hardly any plays. Um, but, you know, what has he got? Four or five plays. And yet he's regarded as the, one of the greatest of all time. I can't talk about his dialogue because my wife, who's from France and, and obviously French being her first language, and as she's a linguist and speaks several languages, including Russian, tells me, John, you never read... Uh, Chekhov, and you never saw it because if it's not written in the original, if you don't read it and see it in the original language, you know. And I go further with 1907 in that not only can we not appreciate the language now, we don't have any sense of what it was like to live there, you know. If you would take people, and I don't know if these were part of the audience on the first night, but people from the tenements of Dublin, of uh, of the red light districts of Monto. Mm-hmm. Of, of what, what we see in tenements now, and I um, put them and looking at those people who are being who are being um, glorified for the murder, and that's what the play does, by the way. It glorifies murder uh, and makes uh, one of the great anti-heroes, Chrissy Mahan, become uh, heroic for killing his father. Uh, you know, and if you take the sort of people 
looking at something that is set in our time, and they're looking at something set in their own time. And, and, and you know, I don't know if you, um, you seek, a, seek something like that on now on internet. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go back to where I don't know if I'm running out of time. Or no, no, you're okay. You're okay. You can shut me up if I am. Or, or, um, but I found myself coming back to where I was talking a while back about trying to find something today comparable in the way of our um, um, publication of, of, of our work. And if you take uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, on Facebook right now, I don't know if you use, oh, you do use Facebook, I'm sure you do. And I'm sure many, many, many of our listeners right now use Facebook. They have to be so, so careful of what they say. Mm-hmm. And people are being, I'm going to use the word outed, although I don't mean in the, in, in the context of what, of what is quite often used now, but people are being destroyed mm-hmm. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they said something or did something. Now, I think maybe if we could compare what it would have been like in, in theatre then to Facebook now, and somebody, and then it happens, and suddenly it spreads, and the word spreads, it's all over the place, and suddenly you can't open your machine now. I, I found myself only the other day remarking, I think, did I say this already? No, I was saying to, to you earlier, I was saying, um, you know, I said on, on, on a, a, a Facebook site which I had joined, look, I don't go on this very often because I'm tired of people using it mm-hmm. as, as a platform to tell us of their woes and the woes of the world. Now, compare the Playboy of the Western world if it was absolutely new coming out now on Facebook. And you might get some sense of what it must have been like then. So then, John, the question is... What, was it just that the thing petered out after a week or was there some type of intervention somewhere, be it from a bishop or somebody that says go home? No, I, 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 well, we know it went on to New York, so it may have spread, it, it, uh, and th- there weren't that many riots afterwards. Uh, it calmed down a bit as time went on um, and the play was repeated and there's the odd bit of a, people objecting in the middle of the play. You know, uh, it isn't true to say, you know, that we don't get similar situations today in that, um, well, uh, I'm sorry, make somebody laugh now when I, I tell this. I'm going way back now to the 1970s, you know, before you were born. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, and I remember I did a, an amateur play in, I, I will say the town, the town is in Navan. Right. Um, not Navan now in Ontario, but Navan in Ireland. The original yeah, Navan. County Meath. You know, I know that I organised a walkout in the middle of my own play. I had four people stand up, storm out, shouting in the middle of the play. Why? Because the play was in a festival competition, and I knew, I knew the the adjudicator would. Feel it was to, would stand on that stage and tear apart the audience for walking out into the play, right. and uh, and of course we won the festival. So you were manipulating fake. That's totally true. You were manipulating fake news. Well, you know, so 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 was that the situation with the Playboy? Who knows? We'll never know. <laughs> so. 
John, uh, let's switch gears and, and talk about uh, things that are going on at the moment. I understand that you are uh, providing some uh, leading, some training or some classes over Zoom in the theatre. Well, I, I do uh, for the Shankman Centre for Cathy for Cathy Langston School in the uh, the Ottawa School of Theatre, and uh, just for two hours a week on a Friday at lunchtime um, at one p.m. We do two hours of uh, for adults. Um, the I'm, I'm, I don't want to go into much to the age range, other than saying that most of them are sort of around. Uh, awesome, could I say our age? Okay. You and, you and me and so they're aspire, aspire, aspiring actors. Yeah, aspiring young young actors, and and we do a it's an, it's an acting course, but right. more than anything, it's a course on appreciation of theatre. And right. I try my best to expose people to as much theatre as possible and have fun. We call it, you know, I find myself almost quoting, is it Sheldon off the Big Bang Theory when he says, when he has his Zoom thing every week called Fun with Flags. Um, well, uh, um, I, I do fun with theatre for two, uh, two hours. And, um, you know, if you happen to listen and, uh, and you're interested, we always have space. Um, and you'll have to put up with me a bit. That's, uh, that, that would be a pleasure. I have, is that, but I have to ask this again, because, again, we, we talked a bit before we started talking live here. Um, Theatre is very much three-dimensional, and we are living now very much in a two-dimensional world. So is the two-dimensional world presenting a challenge to you in dealing with something that is very much a three-dimensional environment? Well, I could give you the long answer or the short answer, and knowing me, I'll give you the short answer and then the long answer. So, so, let, so let's start. Short answer: Yes, <laughs> undoubtedly yes. Uh, working on Zoom or other for other platforms like Zoom in theatre is incredibly difficult. Um, it because and you put you put your finger on it, it when we talk about being three dimensional it, it i mean i go so far as four dimensional mainly in terms of emotion mm-hmm. uh, of feeling and uh and and touch and i use touch in a, in a, a very positive sense of course mm-hmm. um, and all of those things are not lost to us we can get emotion through on it but it's difficult and it's different and I, and I also um, find myself now as more and more theatre is uh, commercial and professional theatre and community theatre is available to people to buy online they, they, both in Canada and Britain and Ireland, the Abbey, the National Theatre in London um, I know that Soul Pepper here uh, and various theatres here are doing it as well and you can subscribe and you can buy theatre I find that difficult to watch but more so I'm, I find myself remarking that I don't think I'm ever going to be able to direct for this Mm-hmm. Because this is being done when done properly with five or six cameras in mm-hmm. different positions. I don't know how to do that. I never directed a film in my life. Mm-hmm. But however, again, I'm just wandering off. It is, it is difficult. It is different. It has challenges, not all insurmountable. And uh, it, we did in the... Uh, uh, just before Christmas, my class did a little thing which was recorded, and we I called it Stupid, Stupider, and Stupidest. Um, and it was about people 
on Zoom itself, and uh, uh, um, and it was just one crazy thing we put together. But we managed, and we did it. We did it well. But you know, coming back to the beginning, it's it, it's. I find it so hard. I can look at. I can look at all the time. I mean, I look at all the all the stuff on on Netflix and all those things. But oh, to sit in a theatre, oh, to find myself. And you love theatre. I know you do. Yeah. And 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 to find myself sitting twenty feet, six meters from somebody and feeling a part of their lives. Oh. I hope, I just, uh, of course, we, now that we have the vaccine and we all know it's coming back, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, um, be pessimistic in this beginning of the year. Let's be optimistic. Let's be enthusiastic because hopefully if we're doing this next year, we'll be doing it. And uh, there's room for all sorts of fora and there's room for, well, my two favorites have always been theater and radio, you know. And well, so John, John, radio hasn't changed. That's one of the good things, I suppose, within COVID, because radio still functions in the same way. Yes, people have been able to broadcast from their home and the technology has allowed it. But when we come out of this, there are, in a sense, you know, people go through wars and they go through stress and they come out with post-traumatic stress disorder. Can you see in an environment like the theatre, because you have had to go through a totally different methodology of interacting, or anyone does, that there's going to be a disorder at the other end and that will take time to, re- to, to repair? It's difficult to say, honestly, because it could go either way. Mm-hmm. It would help people long for the past, longing for the good times, and looking for something which links them to those good times. Or we can have people, and I think correctly, doing what theatre has always been good at, is that moving forward and finding new ways to do things. I mean, the sort of theatre which we, and when I say we, I mean now we in the terms of a couple of hundred years, have been looking at, is not the sort of theatre that was looked at before that. And not the sort of theatre that was looked at before that. I mean, theatre goes, as we know, goes back four or five thousand years and has changed. The idea of looking at theatre, people don't know what I'm talking about now, but let me put it this way. Nowadays, when you pay to go into a theatre, you sit in your seat and you look at this thing up in front of you, looking at it through a, uh, through a, a, a portrait, as though looking at a picture on a portrait. Well, I might just take you back to uh, Restoration Theatre. And when people think of, say, around the early 1800s, late 1700s, and, and people think of, um, you know, all these asides that they have, where the actors turn on the scene mm-hmm. and they say things aside to the audience. Well, that was because very rich people had their seats on the stage. Their tables were up on the stage. And the, and the actors moved among them and talked to them aside to somebody they knew at a stage. So they were making the remark to somebody in whom the remark was very pertinent and everybody else around knew it was that person was very pertinent. But that was a totally different form of theatre. Uh, now take it to the other end. My son, Adam, living in London in England, um, every Saturday night, and he's like, I don't want to give it, well, let's say he's 42 years old and a physicist, and he takes place in these role-playing games where they sit around a table and they act 
And who am I to say that that's not theatre? Mm -hmm. So I think we should look forward to a different theatre. We should look forward that maybe we're lucky to be living in a time when this awful, awful tragedy provides us the opportunity to move forward in theatre and provide a theatre that in 20 years' time, a lot more than 4% of the people are going to be coming to. John, the Friday classes that you have, if anyone wants to find you, where are they going to find you? Under the Schenk, look under Schenkman. I don't have the phone right now. I always have the phone number for the Gladstone. But yeah, um, for, the phone, phone number's I do, done. I, I do know that the Ottawa School of Theatre in Orleans, it's in the, it's in the, Schenk, it's in the Schenkman Centre, um, and the, the, it's, it's definitely in the book, and uh, it, by the way, provides friend, classes in French as well as in, in, in English. Hey, maybe I should start providing them in Irish. Okay. Uh, you know, I, uh, 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 I one time did. I did a ten-year, ten-week course for the civil service in Dublin, also Helga. Uh, yeah. Certainly, um, there is space in our class, and if you want to join up, please make contact soon. Uh, you can always email me. You know, I'm not, I'm not shy about my email. I give you my email. Do indeed. Well, okay, my my email is John P Kelly at storm.ca John P. Kelly at storm.ca and if you can't get through contact me I look after you and it's probably at, I think it's shankmantheatre.ca as far as I recall shankmantheatre.ca is the website for them yeah yeah John it's been a real pleasure chatting with you um, and it has been highly educational as always and uh, I do always enjoy our conversations it's always a pleasure for me too, I assure you. And, and to all of those people out there who are listening right now, keep the head up. I, I, I'm going to finish off. I'm going to hold Austin up by telling you, telling, telling you something else. And he can always, you'll have to live with this one, Austin, okay? Yeah. All right. When I was in university, I, I, went, to, I went to confession. And the priest, uh, it was a typical university. Um, I told him I was worried I was losing my faith. And he said, John, you stop worrying about losing your faith, because in a year's time you'll either have lost it or you won't have lost it, and then you won't be worried anymore. Always know the difference between worrying about what happens in the future and worrying about a process. Mm -hmm. Everything passes, and this will pass too. Mm -hmm. Keep our heads up. Better days will come, and nights too. Thank you, Austin.